Welcome to the Building Wealth Through Commercial Real Estate Podcast, where we will discuss with industry experts on how to create wealth and build passive income from apartment buildings, self-storage, mobile home parks, and much more. Here is your host, Jonathan Way. Welcome to the Building Wealth Through Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Way, and I'm the founder of Grayson Capital Group, my investment firm. If you're interested in passively investing with us, please visit graystonecapgroup.com and join our investor network. Okay, and now on to the show. Hello, today we have a wonderful guest, uh, Tom Duncan, and he specializes in self-storage investing, and we have him a guest on the show today. Welcome, Tom. Thanks, Jonathan. It's great to be here with you, you and all the listeners today. Appreciate the invite. Thank you. Thank you. Very excited. Um, today, uh, Tom will share his background and how he got into self-storage investing and why he loves his asset class. So, Tom, please let us please, uh, share your background. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I started out after business school in corporate America. I was doing uh, mergers and acquisitions and corporate finance um, in the aerospace industry. Uh, and then I was in the investment banking and during the tech bubble back in the early 2000s. Um, and uh, then I you know, jumped around a little bit, still doing you know, lots of deals and uh, lots of you know, model building. I was kind of the Excel uh, spreadsheet nerd you know, on the financial team and uh, did a lot of valuation work, did a lot of uh, you know, modeling and projections and and that sort of thing and structuring um, equity and debt. And so I uh, just had a, had a great background in all of those things, worked with some incredible people, uh, you know, Harvard MBAs, Wharton MBAs, Chicago MBAs, you know, just some really, really sharp uh, people. And um, uh, but I, I just felt like it just wasn't for me to like keep just kind of grinding and, and climbing up that the corporate ladder. It just wasn't my thing. Yeah. Uh, so thankfully, in retrospect, of course, it didn't feel good at the time, but I was fired for my uh, corporate job in uh, 2006. And that forced me to finally, you know, just say, hey, you know, I think I think this is the, the sign to go out and start my entrepreneurial career. So 2006, you know, probably wasn't the best time to jump into real estate, but that's what I did. And uh, started doing uh, like a lot of folks do, and they start out in real estate. I had a, I had a few rental properties, you know, built that up to maybe uh, you know 20 units or so, and then uh, had some did some fixing and flipping of houses and that kind of thing. And of course, the whole market kind of crashed over those those next few years. So I learned some hard lessons, but I was determined to stick it out. And so I'm happy to say, you know, 17 years later, uh, I'm still I'm still uh, still here, still on my feet. Had to, you know, pick myself up and dust myself off a few times because uh, obviously, you know, it hasn't been a straight line, you know, from, uh, you know, kind of from the bottom to the top. Uh, but it's it's been a great learning experience and I've learned a lot and I've worked with some some great people. And uh, I'll take a pause there, Jonathan, and if, but happy to kind of jump into self-storage if you want to know how I ended up there. No, no, that's a great uh, story. Um, I think sometimes your best thing is when when someone lets you go. It's, it happens for a reason. That's and right. I think it's a higher purpose for you to do something else, which which you love, which is kind of like me, very similar background, came from doing taxes, you know, big four. Mm. And then I was tired yeah. of the corporate life. So I left and I started creating my own real estate firm. Mm-hmm. And then we focused mainly on multifamily and self-storage. So, okay. um, and uh, I love both asset classes mainly. Yeah. And yeah. so that's great. So in your situation, there was a catalyst that made you change in your life, which it happens in every single person's life. When they go through a life journey, you're going to find that. 
And you started buying some residential homes, is that correct? That's right. Okay. Yeah. Th- thankfully, I'm out of that business. I know it's a good place to get started, but uh, mm-hmm. it's not very scalable. And uh, yeah, I had a friend tell me way back when he said, you know, if you if you want to make pennies, play with pennies. If you want to make dollars, play with dollars. So I, I was always wanting to start doing bigger deals. Okay. Okay, great. So when did you, I guess, uh, realize that at what year you realized that, hey, you know what, residential will not create financial freedom for me and my family. So what year was that? Yeah, that was probably, uh, Jonathan, or I would have to say around 2010, 2011 is when I really started making the shift to other asset classes. Started out first shifting to uh, distressed mortgage paper. So that was, um, and that business is still thriving today. We've In that business over the years, we've generated over $53 million of revenue. Uh, we've acquired over 10,000 loans in that business. Uh, so that's that's worked out real well for us. And uh, so what it's allowed us to do is uh, explore other asset classes. So we, we looked at hard money lending. And as far as business goes, we weren't very successful in getting that up and running. Uh, although I am a big fan of, of lending through like my self-directed IRA and uh anytime i have some spare cash lying around i have some key people that i'll that i'll lend to to do their projects but really uh, about 2000 18, I want to say we 2017, 2018, we started really hearing a lot more about self-storage and it started, it checked off a lot of boxes for what we were looking for. Cause as great as the distressed mortgage debt business is, it's very volatile, very unpredictable. Uh, you know, as an MBA guy, like I, I it was frustrating for me cause I couldn't put, I couldn't build a business plan around it. It was hard to build any kind of metrics or KPIs around it. And so we were looking for a more stable, predictable asset class. And so that's when we found self-storage. Okay, great. great. Yeah, self-storage is a great asset. Um, so tell us the reason why you love this asset class and why you focus, it seems like recently you're focusing on a lot of self-storage. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I mean, there's really there's really three three big reasons, Jonathan, why we why we love storage. There's a lot of other ones, but I would say there there's three key reasons. Number one is uh, it's a very steady asset class over time. So if you look at in our investor deck, we have a chart that shows the uh, United States economy and it's bouncing up and down and up and down like a really nasty roller coaster over the last 40 years. And so there's been booms and busts and expansions and all kinds of stuff going on in the economy during that time. But over the top of that, we overlay the self-storage occupancy line and it's been very predictable and very steadily bouncing in between like 80 and 90% over that same time period. So the economy is going like this, self-storage is going like this. So that's the first reason we really like it. Uh, The second reason is uh, market penetration. So a few years back, about 8% of households in the country were using self-storage. Today, that's going on uh, 11%. Now, I know 3% might not sound like a lot, but when you consider there's 120 million households in the United States, every 1% move is 1.2 million new self-storage customers. So we we really like that it's becoming more and more popular and more mainstream, right? And then the third reason, Jonathan, is uh, safety. So if you look at loan defaults across different commercial asset classes, uh, you've got retail is really big. You've got lodging is really big. You know, it kind of goes down from there. Office, uh, multifamily, industrial, self-storage doesn't even show up on that chart because it's it's such a safe and steady 
and highly cash flowing asset class. It is the kind of asset class that makes it very easy to service the debt. Therefore, there are virtually no defaults in mm-hmm. self-storage. So those yeah, are the three great. big reasons. Great, great. Awesome, awesome. So, you know, benefits of self-storage is that very low default. Um, you have a lot of new customers who's moving and, and baby boomers who's downsizing into, a, you know, going to smaller places that need some mm-hmm. room. That's um, right. And sometimes they're sticky customers. Sometimes they leave stuff, they forget, and they, they keep paying, which is like a gym membership. That's right. <laughs> right, great, great. Awesome, yep. that's awesome. And yeah. um, do you mainly focus on like what areas your hometown or where do you normally acquire your self storages yeah yeah it's a great question jonathan so uh, i'm actually based outside of philadelphia but our uh, closest self-storage facility is about an hour and a half away uh, because we're generally focusing our acquisitions in uh, markets that are uh, that are growing uh, where the population's growing, jobs are going there. Um, there's infrastructure investments being made and those kinds of things. And that's drawing us more to the Southeast than kind of the Mid-Atlantic and Northeast where we are. So generally speaking, we're in uh, you know Maryland down to Florida. And then we've got facility over in Kentucky, which we're looking to maybe expand a little bit more toward the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're just following those demographic trends. Uh, and the other cool thing about the South is that in those warmer climates, if there is an attic in the house, it's too yeah. hot to go up there. <laughs> so people don't store stuff up there. And with the sandy soil and that sort of thing, they don't they don't uh, make basements down there like they do here in the Pennsylvania and the Northeastern area. Uh, so homes and down in those markets, they they need storage outside of outside of the home. Right, right, right. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, and. Mm-hmm. So how many years have you been doing this, Tom, self-storage investing? Yeah, so like, like I started to say earlier, Jonathan, uh, we, we kind of discovered storage about 2017, 2018, and we really um, started getting serious about it in 2019. We uh, joined a self-storage mastermind group, and we really started rounding out our team because my my partner, Joe, and I, like we're, we're good with the numbers and kind of the deal structuring, and we can raise the capital and those kinds of things. Uh, but we weren't really good at finding, well, well, there's two things we were missing. One was we were, we weren't very good at finding off market deals. And yeah. anybody who's in the real estate business knows that's where the best deals are. So we didn't have that skill set. And then once you acquire one of these things, now you got to run it, right? So yeah. we didn't have that operational expertise. So through our mastermind group, we were able to fill in those two key areas uh, with Tim Kane. He's our third partner in a, a Belrose uh, storage group. And so he brought that uh, lead generation expertise to the team. And then uh, the operations expertise uh, comes from Catherine East. Uh, She's a consultant with uh, Elite Self-Storage Advisors, and she's consulted with hundreds of of self-storage facilities around the country for the last uh, over 15 years. Uh, So she's really good at kind of the the transition from the, the old owner to our technology platform. She starts our uh, marketing programs and gets our management software up and running and those kinds of things. Um, And then she puts a a manager in place at our facilities. So uh, we can then start to implement our value add strategy. So once we had that team together, we acquired our first facility in August of uh, 2020, uh, about three years ago. And we just closed on our uh, 13th acquisition last month. We're about to close on our 14th acquisition this month. Excellent. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank I you. know it's it's been challenging these days to find really good deals. So I guess a Tim McCain, your model, will find off-market deals and try to get those, right, through his strategy and, and, and uh, I guess, relationships. 
That's right. Yeah, we've really um, spent a lot of time honing that process, Jonathan, because really, I mean, that's such a huge value driver for for Bellroy Storage Group. Uh, we use um, offshore virtual assistants. We use onshore virtual assistants. And I'll throw out a, a huge, valuable nugget for people out there who might be looking for deals themselves. Everybody's sending letters. Everybody's making phone calls. The key that we're finding right now is actually going to the property in person and meeting with the owner, especially in the markets where we're focused, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of the, the more Southern areas. There's, yeah. And these are mom and pop sellers. They want to see you know, face-to-face who they're doing business with. They'll And when we go there, they'll show us a stack of letters on their desk like this big. Uh, you know, their voicemails full, messages from people trying to acquire their facility. But we've had the most luck recently, just going back to good old, you know, old school, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies kind of kind of approach. And that's okay. uh, really generated some good results for us here recently in this in this tough market. That's good. That's very good. Thank you for sharing advice because no one would think about that. I think of going to brokers, this and that, and calling them. And in reality, you know, just knowing the owner directly is the. And for me, I went to this, this Texas, I'm, I live in Texas, Texas Association. I met some owners, and that's how I net with how I knew the owners directly, right? Or, okay. you, or if you buy one and yeah. you have another one, and then you. You say hello, how you doing? And you keep in contact and have another one to sell you down the road, you know. So exactly so. right, Jonathan. Yeah, we do the same thing when we acquire a facility in that in a market. We mm-hmm. reach out to all the owners in that market and just say, Hey, we're here. And just, you know, just to get to know each other and you know, uh, may or may not be able to acquire a facility, you know, now or in the near future mm-hmm. or the distant future, uh, mm-hmm. just from from starting to plant those seeds. And how do you do finance? Because finance is very difficult these days. Do you go local bank or or, or seller financing? What what are you doing now these days? Yeah, so we've uh, we've been doing a lot of seller financing recently, which has been great. Uh, we closed, let's see, one deal last fall with seller financing. Uh, we're getting ready to close our deal this uh, this or next month uh, with seller mm-hmm. financing, and then the one after that is with seller financing as well. And um, that's been great because uh, what we're finding is typically the a seller uh, will only want interest-only payments, uh, which lowers that debt service, which increases the cash flow that we're able to then pay out to investors. Right. So that right. that's right. that's a big one. Uh, also, the underwriting process is uh, you know next to nothing. They don't really do a whole heck of a lot of. Uh, due diligence on us as, as borrowers. I, I wish they would for their own protection. Uh, but, you know, a lot of times they just, they just, they're comfortable with us. They know the facility, of course, inside and out. So they know right. the asset right. and then they're, it makes it willing uh, for them to, to make that loan. And it's, it's gives them great tax advantages because if they take, if they take a big lump sum right up front, then they have to pay taxes on that. And of course, nobody likes to do that if they can, right. if they right. can avoid it. Uh, but that's been our big, uh, big thing recently. Uh, but aside from that, it's been uh, smaller local banks and credit unions okay. uh, that where we've had the best execution um, on the debt side. And then as far as the equity side, uh, we do investor syndications. So we right. uh, reach out to our database of investors and we have them putting up, you know, 50, 100,000, 200,000. And uh, we give them a preferred return along the way. Yeah. And then a uh, profit split to get them to an overall kind of high teens kind of overall return. Right, right. Now, I know these days it's a little more difficult because of the environment. I mean, how do you overcome that? 
And how do people still willing to invest with you? Because, you know, these days you see too many negative things in the news and the economy is uncertain. Federal Reserve keep pushing the interest rate higher, which makes a lot of people nervous. So how would you, mm-hmm. how do you go to your investors and say, hey, I got another deal. Would you want to invest with me? You know? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. We, I guess what we've been able to do over the years is, is generate results, right? So at the end of the day, you know, the, the investor wants to know that, uh, that you're an experienced sponsor, You've been in the game for a while. I mean, we've been raising private money for 13 years. You know, we've raised over 60, maybe going on $65 million of private yeah. money okay. over the years. So, you know, we're an experienced sponsor and a great asset class. We've got a solid team. Okay. You know, so so we're able to attract investors that even though the times right now are a little uncertain, you know, they're still they're still uh, investing with us, which is which is awesome. We love that. I mean, because that's hmm. at the end of the day, what, what we're trying to do is help investors uh, meet their financial goals. Right, right. Great, great. And um, what would you say that I know because you have the, the raising capital and it's good to still trust you guys and, and show results, your strong track record mm-hmm. um, and you're able to source the deal, which is good. And you also to acquire deals and help the seller as well. And I guess the other question was, because I know these are the, the, the key points is the raising capital. It's the it's the getting the deals. And oh, yeah, yeah the, the question I had was what kind of rate you're seeing four and a half, five for the seller financing? What kind of rate you're seeing these days? So seller financing, we've been around, um, uh, we were at around 5% uh, last mm-hmm. in the deal we did last fall. The deal that we're closing next month uh, or this month rather is a six and a half percent. Yeah. And we're in that same ballpark, six and a quarter, six and a half for, for the, for the and, next one. And what's the LTV? Is it 20%, 20% down, 25% down? What, what are you looking 25. For? Yeah. 25% down. And is it a 30 year or 25 year amortization? Well, it's interest only. So it's just a five year term. Oh, and just only. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay, great. Great. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you, Tom. So how people reach out to you to want to connect with you? Yeah, sure. I, again, my name is Tom Dunkel. I'm Chief Investment Officer here at Bellrose Storage Group. And you can find us at bellrosestoragegroup.com. Also invite folks to look at our uh, Facebook page, Bellrose Storage Group. And uh, there you can find uh, my podcast interviews and other articles and things that we're posting, just trying to add value to the investor community out there. Okay. Thank you very much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information, you can find us online at www.graystonecapgroup.com. Check back weekly for new episodes. See you again next time.